Welcome to the Life 21 Church Podcast. Thanks for joining with us today as we explore the Gospel of Matthew. We pray that as you listen, you would come to more fully understand the answer to this age-old question, who is this Jesus? Hello again, everyone. Today is Jesus, the season of his return. In the last couple podcasts, Jesus has been unpacking to the disciples a prophetic depiction of what's going to be happening in the years and millennia to come, namely the destruction of the temple, which was experienced in part back early after Jesus and his disciples had formed the church But then also he's really turning their attention to the long game. He knows that he needs to prepare these disciples that would live maybe a few more decades. But ultimately, he wanted Matthew and those that would document the story to put together the instructions for every disciple throughout all of the 2,000 years plus that the church would exist on earth. He wanted to prepare us from his first coming unto his second coming, how to be prepared for that final most glorious moment and how to help every generation live in light of it. I love the fact that this coming moment of Jesus' return is just as much applicable to someone living in 300 AD as to us now who might even get to experience it in our own life. Whether we're physically present at the exact moment of his return or whether our whole life is building towards that moment, regardless, we all get to participate. It's though, it says that those who are dead in Christ will rise first to meet him in the air and then those of us still living on earth will also be caught up with him to meet him in the air. What an incredible family reunion as all believers from all time, meet Christ in the air and then become a part of the procession as he comes down to Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. Jesus wanted people to know some of the details of what was coming, but he also wanted people to know the season of his appearance so that they wouldn't have to guess when it was coming. Yes, we all want to live in light of this day. But he did want people to have a deep sense of when it was actually going to happen so that they wouldn't misinterpret and assume, oh, it could be tomorrow, it could be tomorrow. No, there is buildup and there are signs that are very, very clear that Jesus has put forth in his scriptures. Verse 32 begins our reading today. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. There's been much theological argument about Jesus using the word generation. Some would say it can also apply as this race or this people. It's interesting. We know, of course, that the generation of those disciples right before him died. 
And so it's hard to tell if Jesus is talking about whether they will not pass away in a sense because all of them didn't pass into death, but passed into paradise. And though they're physically not present, that generation intercedes for us. Every single generation of believers that have died in Christ have not passed into Sheol slash Hades or death. Their bodies are still on the earth decayed and they have become dust, but they have joined with the one race, the one family, the one generational line of those that are cheering us on, praying us on, and so excited to experience perfection with us. Jesus declares that this generation and or this generational line, this race, however you want to look at it, will not pass away. There will be a continuity from the moment Jesus speaks until the completion of all these prophetic witnesses. Heaven and earth will experience a passing away when that judgment comes and he prepares us for the new heavens and the new earth. But his words will never pass away. His words in us is what makes us immortal. His words received by the mother Mary, by Peter, by so many beloved saints, by grandfathers and mothers, his words that we received is what caused us to become imperishable and to never pass away. Beloved, you are immortal. You are imperishable. And even though your body is decaying now, your spirit and soul and even your body is under a covenant in which you will remain forever, never to pass away. Jesus reminds us of this as he's beginning to describe how the heavens and the earth will shake and how their current form will pass away in order to make preparation for the new form of the new heavens and the earth that restore the restoration of all things So for you and for me, our bodies are passing away, but it's only unto a preparation for the new body, the resurrected body, even with greater glory than what our bodies have now. Verse 36, Jesus continues, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. I love this verse. Now, we don't know once Jesus was resurrected, we don't know if the father unveiled the secret of the wedding date to his son or if the father still has the wedding date sealed even from the son. It's amazing to think Jesus, fully God, one with the father, very God of God, God himself, and yet within the Trinity, at least in this time when Jesus was on earth, Jesus didn't know the day the hour. The prayer prompt for today is, Jesus, what do you most enjoy about the Father keeping secrets from you? I encourage you to pause now or after the podcast to take this to Christ, for there is something about the sharedness of their conversations, but also the secrecy and the surprise that exists in their relationship that God wants to touch you with. Maybe you have struggled with when God does not share details with you. You feel rejected or abandoned. Christ knew to not live like that. He knew that anything that was left unrevealed was kept hidden for his greatest pleasure, his greatest benefit, and his greatest surprise. 
Jesus divulges this with the disciples that even he is in the dark. And then he continues with this, verse 37. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with the handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Some of you have maybe seen the Left Behind series that emphasize the rapture and one going and another staying. What I love about this passage is there's certain things that are very clear, certain things that are still kept in mystery, other things that are mysterious here, but very clear if you look at the entirety of the scriptures. Jesus prophesies that the days of Noah are the picture, and I would argue the clearest picture besides Sodom and Gomorrah's judgment, as the final day. Jesus on multiple occasions references Noah's flood and Sodom and Gomorrah's burning as the prototypes of the day of the Lord. So Jesus had just said that he does not even know the day or the hour. But he began in this passage to say you can know the season. So something that we've noticed in Christianity, there have been many believers that have come forth and have prophesied a particular day or hour of the Messiah's arrival. Those are the things you don't want to follow. Even the Son of God, when he was a man on earth, didn't know it. But he does tell us that we can and we should know the general season. Now in that, some like in the days of Noah's flood, will have no idea that it's about to rain fire from heaven. They will have no idea. It says up to the day that Noah entered the ark, they knew nothing about what would happen. But for us as, us as believers, just like Noah didn't know the exact day of the rain, but he knew what he had to do to prepare. He was busy. He was faithful. And as he finished his work, he knew that it was the season of God's reign. And then God says, enter the ark, and he closes it. This is a beautiful picture of what's to come on the earth. We know that in Revelation that many of the judgments coming on the earth, believers will be around for because we're the salt and the light. We will get to be witnesses, though we're persecuted. Yes, we will be able to shine brighter than the earth has ever experienced before because the darkness will be darker than the earth has ever experienced before. Now, at the same time, there is a time when we get sealed off so that we don't experience the full judgment. Some would argue the timing of this, but Scripture makes it very clear that he protects his people from judgment. So whatever theological stream you're a part of and wherever you put the exact timing, something will happen. Jesus will come and he will rapture and take some, but not the other. One will be taken, one left. One will be taken, one left. Just as Noah was put in the ark and the door was closed and the water fell on those on the outside, in the same way, the righteous will be taken up 
into the ark of meeting Jesus in the air and fire will come like it did in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Jesus wants us to recognize the seriousness of this moment. He wants us to rejoice in his provision that he protects us and he takes us to be with him where we are. And he wants us to emulate the life of Noah. Noah looked like a fool doing the will of God. And Noah preached. It says that he was a preacher of righteousness. So today I want to encourage you, may your actions and your works be what God has for you. His assignment, his plan, even when it looks completely foolish. And may your preaching be true righteousness. God's righteous standard, yes, but also God's righteous mercy and grace covering every failing, redeeming every flaw, and saving everyone, even to the last moment. Anyone could have entered that ark, I believe, and even Scripture testifies that others could have entered it, it very much seems. But Jesus, the same Jesus that we found in Second Peter, who went down and preached to the generation of Noah, those that didn't enter the ark. He preached to them again to save them from death. This same Jesus will close the door on the ark at his second coming. But there will be a time where there's a point of no return. And so may the power of the Holy Spirit be upon your life as John the Baptist and Jesus preached, return, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. May that message of return and repent be on your lips and may you see many come and many be a part of Jesus' story and many be prepared for the season of Christ's return. Thanks for joining with us today. May God continue to reveal to you by his spirit who indeed is this Jesus. Thank you.